especially at the end where we hear these words, because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. I will call upon him and, he will, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let us pray. Gracious God, fill our lives, strengthen our faith, calm our fears. As we open your word, draw us closer to you and strengthen our trust in your promises. And may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our maker and our redeemer. Amen. It was a, a warm Saturday morning sometime this year back in January. There was an alert issued. Uh, it was mistakenly sent to millions of people across the state of Hawaii. It was a warning. It said, ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii. Seeking Im seek immediate shelter. This is not a drill. Well, those words were sent through uh, cell phones and television screens across the state there. Unfortunately, the warning was a mistake. Or maybe fortunately, the warning was a mistake. A government employee selected the wrong option on a menu on the computer. And now they eventually uh, offered the retraction, uh, correction to the residents and tourists. Uh, but there were a lot to criticize that government uh, uh, for taking 38 minutes to do so. While the employee uh, expressed profound regret at what they had done, it was overshadowed by the obvious question. What if the threat had been real? What are you afraid of? Every person on this planet feels fear of some sort, some of it more intense at times than others. There are many things that strike fear into our hearts, aren't there? Maybe it's the news that a child has been hurt and has been taken by ambulance to the hospital. That strikes fear in parents. Whether it, maybe it's you hear that your employer is downsizing and jobs will be cut. That strikes fear in your heart uh, that yours will be one of them. There are people who fear leaving home because uh, a number of reasons, by skin contact or by smell, they have severe allergic reactions. There are so many people that are paralyzed with fear, name the phobia, right? A fear of heights or crowded places or spiders or clowns or sickness or dying and so on. If we think too long and hard about our world situation, boy, we have every reason to be afraid, don't we? <laughs> there, there, there are earthquakes and tornadoes, fires and floods, active volcanoes and tsunamis, terrorist attacks and street violence in our city. Even things like identity theft can fill us with fear and we worry about those things making their way into our lives. On top of that, there are our personal fears, right? Personal fears about our health, about our finances, about getting older, about the threat, uh, the direction of our lives and our, and our future. Maybe it's the safety of those that we love. Fear can be so controlling and so incapacitating. A typical example of people who were obsessed with fear are the people of Israel in the Old Testament. Everything had been going so well for the Israelites. God had preserved them from the angel of death uh, that had passed over Egypt, and they were able to walk free from their slave masters. They marched boldly toward the promised land, but then they came to the Red Sea, right? Water in every direction, how in the world are they going to get across? 
had Moses made a mistake. They looked over their shoulders and they saw the dust kicking up from the Egyptian army coming in closer. And here they were caught between the Egyptian army on one side and the sea on the other. No way out, no options, and they were trapped. Fear gripped their hearts. And they cried out to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you, leave us alone and let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Unfortunately, this wouldn't be the last time that fear got the better of them and would cause them to distort the truth. They were praying for freedom for 400 years. They were crying out to God for freedom, and he delivered. But they were ruled by doubt rather than by faith. Fear has a numbing and paralyzing effect. They had forgotten about everything that God had just done for them by freeing them from slavery and saving them from death. They forgot all about God's continued presence with them, that that cloud during the day and the fire at night. They forgot all about his goodness. They, they 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 felt the fear of being slaughtered by the Egyptians. I wish I could say that nothing ever happened like that around Jesus, but it didn't, right? Remember the New Testament story, the disciples in the boat. Peter stepped over the side of the boat and began to walk on water toward Jesus. Suddenly he looked at the white-capped waves, he felt the wind pulling at his clothing, and he became afraid. Fear began to take over, he forgot that it was Jesus who asked him to come out of the boat and walk on the water. It went completely out of his head that Jesus was nearby. He had seen with his own eyes that Jesus had saved people from sickness and death, that he could stop storms, but in that moment fear took over. And his fear overwhelmed him, and he sank into the waves. And I wish I could say, that just happened in Old and New Testament times and doesn't happen now, right? Isn't that what happens when we become afraid? I mean, we we know God. We know God's promises. We know that he will always be our strength and support in times of trouble. We know that God loves us and and is committed to us. I mean, after all, he sent his son to die for us, right? I mean, we know all of those things, and even though God never promises to eliminate all the problems from our lives, that he will always look out for us one day and take us to our heavenly and eternal home. But, but, but then what happens? Fear hits us, right? Fear hits us like a, like a ton of bricks, and suddenly all that confidence that we have in God goes out the window. We're anxious and depressed and terrified, We're panicky. I mean, you know what I mean. What was Moses' response to the fear of the Israelites? He said, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. You will see the deliverance your Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you're never going to see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Jesus' response to the frightened Peter Jesus reached out and grabbed him as he was sinking down into the water, and he walked with him back to the boat, and he said, Why do you have so little faith? Just believe. Just trust me. The Lord can be trusted. The Lord's in control. The Lord is the one who saves his people. Uh, Psalm 91 starts, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. You are my God in whom I trust. Now those are easy words to say. But boy, they're hard to put into practice when things are really getting us down. In our fear, we find it difficult to stop panicking. In our fear, we find it difficult just to be still. In our fear, we find it difficult to listen to the Lord. In our fear, we find it difficult to trust his promises and his love for us. In our fear, our mind, our, our strength, our skill, they're of no use. When Peter was drowning, he had all kinds of self-confidence, but it was useless at that point. All he could do was cry out, Lord, save me. You notice it wasn't a time for deep theological reflection on Jesus' love. It wasn't quoting endless uh, scripture passages. No great statement about Jesus being his helper and strength in times of trouble. Just that panic-filled plea, Lord, save me. An honest prayer reflecting the truth that Jesus was the only one that could help at the moment. So what can we do when, when fear grips our lives? Where can we find strength in the midst of that fear? Well, I think there are some things that can help us in our fear, and I'd like to go through a few of them today. First, you need to get to know what kind of God you have. Over the course of the last few years, we've, as a congregation, we've been looking at lots of different blessings of God, from the fruit of the Spirit, to the armor of God, to the soul of the Reformation, and, and our confession of faith. What kind of God do you have? Well, he's gracious and loving and faithful. He gives the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He equips us with armor, right? The belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God in prayer. He's known as Father. He's a good shepherd, the mighty fortress. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, in spite of the whining of the Israelites, God still loved them and saved them from danger. We don't deserve it at all, but God loves us. See how we, we see how powerful God's love for us is when we look at the cross and see what Jesus has done for us. My friends, get to know God as king and ruler of the universe. There's nothing too great or too difficult for him to handle. Uh, parting the Red Sea to save the Israelites... Uh, saving Daniel from the lion's den, saving Jonah from the belly of the big fish, uh, springing Peter from jail, or, or saving Paul from a shipwreck. All these things were just a piece of cake for him. Helping us when we are afraid, uh, it's just as easy. First, know what kind of God you have. Secondly, you need to know that God understands your pain. Because we have been, been claimed by baptism and because of the great love that Jesus has shown for us, we, we don't cry out, hey, uh, you up there, uh, uh, don't you even care? We know he cares. Because of his love for us, Jesus became flesh and blood and lived on this earth. In his life, he has given his, that solid historical proof that he hears our, our cries. He even cries with us. We have the promise that when we endure trials and troubles... He stands beside us. Much like the fourth man that stood with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace, 
our Savior Jesus stands with us in our trials. Jesus knows exactly what human suffering is like. He knows what it is like to feel the icy fingers of fear gripping our hearts. He knows the pain of having someone reject and betray him. He knows the pain of grief and when a friend dies. He felt physical pain when that whip tore at his back and when the nails pierced his hands and feet and the the spear pierced his side. He felt emotional pain when he grieved over the hearts of the people of Jerusalem. He felt spiritual pain as he called out from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Knowing that because of Jesus, God understands, truly understands, your fear and your pain. The third thing I think that can help us in our fear is to know God's promises and be sure and confident and, and, and confidently trust that he will follow through on those promises. <clears throat> but then that means you need to know the promises of God, right? I mean, that, that's why we've been challenged you the last few years now to memorize scripture so you may know by memory these wonderful promises of God. So when you get into that situation, being overwhelmed by fear, you can recall what God has promised to you. Memorize and trust words, sort of like the, the ones that, that, that we had from our reading today. Uh, because he loves me, said the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. He acknowledges my name. He will call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. What about some other psalms? Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Whereas the psalm uh, upon which our, our sermon hymn was based, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, the mountains fall in the heart of the sea, the waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. Or Jesus' words of authority and power at the end of Revelation, he said, Do not be afraid, I am the first and last, I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and hell. What about the ones from this past year? that we challenge you about. Galatians, you are all sons or children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Or Hebrews 11, now faith is being uh, sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Or Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for it is by grace that we've been saved through faith and it is not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Or 1 Corinthians 3, where it says, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Or Psalm 119, verse 10. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Or Romans 12, where Paul writes, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Or Matthew chapter 28, where Jesus tells us, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Be assured, God keeps his promises, that he is with us even in the worst possible situations imaginable. Know those promises. Know his promises. Trust that he can follow through. And then maybe the fourth and final thing for us to think about 
is to know that you cannot do it by your own power. You can't. There are going to be times when our human attempts to be bold in the face of fear, they're just not sufficient. There may even be times when these verses and promises of God that we have memorized aren't going to do a lot to ease our anxiety and fear. We may even feel that God has deserted us. But that's where our trust needs to be the strongest. Trust. Trust in God's Holy Spirit to help you. Trust in God's Holy Spirit to forgive you when your faith is weak. Trust in God to support you when you tremble in fear. Trust him to take all of your sighs, all of your groans of despair as a prayer to bring before God your Father. Paul reminds us in Romans 8, he says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. The Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he searches our hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And I think you also need to trust your brothers and sisters in Christ, those that are sitting around you in this room right now. Trust us to bring you encouragement, support, prayer, and reassurance as well. Don't be ashamed to ask us to help. Don't be ashamed to ask us to add your prayers to prayer needs to our prayers. Don't be ashamed to ask us to pray for you when it's difficult to pray for yourself. So often we fear that others may think us to be faithless and weak. My friends, pray. Pray looking to the cross. Pray uh, remembering the intense, never-ending love that your Savior has for you. Pray trusting in God's promises. Pray trusting that God is near. You see, when fear is near, God is even nearer. And that truth brings us peace in the midst of our fear. May God bless you with that peace and strength. Amen. Please rise. And now, may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.